Good evening. It's 8 o'clock. It's Saturday, May the 15th. This is show number 166. We really don't know what the fuck happened to 165, but oh, yeah. this is 166. Uh, I am your host, Gummo. And I'm Crash. And here we go. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, as I just said, I think we just told everyone who we are. So should do it. Should I do the double intro? No, like it's when redundant. I come back? There's no reason to. I didn't think I did. But anyhow, you all know who we are at this point. I hope. Man, it's good to be uh, back here. If you don't know who we are, then how the hell did you get here? Yeah, I don't know. How, how did we get here? I don't know. You know, last week, uh, was it last week that we did the show and then we had the big incident at the beach house? It was something like that, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. It's, um, it's what it is. I, I don't know. We got halfway through the show and then we had the incident. Some sort of technical malfunction, technical glitch. <laughs> I think, you know, Matrix wigging out. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to keep the... So we, we did send the, uh, you know, after the incident occurred, you know, uh, we did report it to the proper uh, identifying authorities when the incident occurred. Yeah, man. And uh, not al- not along with that, but uh, we also identified uh, with other in- interesting parties <laughs> to be. And so, yeah, that was that. It was interesting. It was it was wild, it mm. was, um, to say the least. Yeah. So, what was the name of that? Uh, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Project X. Oh, <laughs> the big party one. Yeah, the big party one. Yeah, Project X. Project X. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of how it turned into. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, well, it's good to be back. It's been what four or five weeks. It's been so, a while, man. We've been doing doing a lot of hardcore work and all that stuff. You a know? lot of a uh, lot of lot of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of work going on with what's uh, everybody's reading about these days. Yeah, what, man. What I we've mean, been doing. <laughs> There's almost, almost too much to count, too much to, to talk about. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see that the work we now do is on the evening news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw the Columbia thing going on in the, uh, in the news. And, yeah. Uh, uh, it was interesting because we were just working on it. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and just Not only down in Columbia, but the uh, Colonial Pipeline as well. I meant Colonial, my not, oh. not Columbia. Uh, oh, the Colonial Pipeline. Yeah, sorry, the the Colonial Pipeline. Yeah. Mi- mix up of words, but yeah, we were working on the Colonial Pipeline incident, and um, mm-hmm. and, and just it was interesting because as we we're working on it, it was coming on the news the same time, and yeah. it, and it's just like you said, it's kind of interesting to see that that our work's coming to light these days. Yeah, it is interesting, and for, folks, uh, if you don't know about what's been going on in the news recently um you know uh here in the united states one of the major oil providers uh here in the southeast part of the united states uh that provides oil to pretty much the you know the the southeastern northeastern quarter of the united states uh they their their computer systems were held uh ransom by a a, uh, uh you know a Ransomware. Ransomware. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was I thinking? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, well, you know, you got to walk on eggshells here. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, uh, long story short, uh, you know, this, this, this critical pipeline be, uh, shut down. And yeah. as a result of it shutting down, it, the, the suppliers were not able to keep gas stations uh, stocked. Right. And so, f- and so forth. There began a run on. If you remember last year, everybody did a run on toilet paper. Well, this year, you had people 
doing a run on gasoline at gas stations. Literally sold out of gas station, uh, gasoline. It's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. It you can, know, <laughs> it really goes to show that we need more than just one type of uh, of fuel. And, and oh, uh, listen to this! Listen to this! Listen to this! Uh, there were people putting gasoline in plastic bags, man. You know, totes. <laughs> you know, and I saw. I, I think I saw a post on uh, a couple of the Twitters where these people were backing up in, in trucks filling 55-gallon drums of gasoline. Now, folks, if you, if you don't know, gasoline is a very flammable substance. It's Wait a minute. It's exceedingly flammable. Just, no, let's, let's, let's rephrase. <laughs> it could possibly explode. Yeah. And so... It's not a wise idea to store, carry, or transport gasoline in anything that's not approved for those measures, right? Really, just in general, gasoline. I couldn't is fucking listen. I could not believe what I was seeing when people putting gasoline. Just listen. If the apocalypse, listen. If we're coming, if we're going to get hit by a freaking asteroid. We're fucking screwed, man. Hang on, let's 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 talk about that for a second because it's funny you say that. There's yeah. actually a recent scientific um, paper written about that, and mm-hmm. um, no matter what we do, we're actually fucked because we we have been focusing so much on other bullshit that mm-hmm. we haven't actually been preparing uh, any sort of technology, really. Re- reflective, destructive, disintegr- whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm. Um, no- none of that technology has really been created, introduced, or even really thought about. Mm-hmm. And this paper or article, whatever the fuck it was, it outlined that essentially that even if we started today, we wouldn't be prepared for anything that would hit even in 50 years from now. Yeah, And it's 100% true. I mean, laser systems, rockets, any of that bullshit... Um, none of that really works because if you were to laser it or rocket it or blow it up with a nuke, then you would have tons of other little fragments and so on and so forth. So there's no real um, solution for an asteroid or doomsday scenario in that regard. And it's funny because we're more likely to go extinct from our own dumbass species than a fucking asteroid hitting. Because again, like we're talking about, our species is literally rushing to fill up plastic bags with gasoline, which both were derived from oil, which is also non-replenishable and non-renewable, mind you. Even even, even is, though we have sunlight, direct sunlight outside. My my question is, why in the hell? Well, you know, listen. It, 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 if you were storing gasoline in plastic bags or fifty-five gallon drums, what are you going to do when you when you deplete the you know the gas that you have? Like, is it that? Listen, like, is it that fucking bad that you got to fill up a, a car for? You got to fill up gas cans full. You know, like the you know the gas cans that you know on the corner of a store yeah. or something like that. No, it is and that bad because people were because, piling them in yeah, pickup it, trucks and it, filling them with gasoline. Yeah, man. it's that bad because Roll, all, these all, guys are rolling fucking bombs down the I street. I know, man. and it's because of the corporations and bullshit I, and oil companies, uh, tycoons, the Rockefellers, the Rutherfords, and all. I those don't think they dudes. should be allowing people to fill those things. I think that the attendants at these gas stations well, why not? should have had someone saying, "Hey, you, you, we're not you. like listen." Back Someone's in the day, getting money for it. They don't give a the, fuck. Back in the day man you know they would be like no we can't you can't put gas in that right remember that's, when the old that's because back in the day there was actual scents like and, back yeah like back when i was a kid right you know there you know if you if you rolled up to a gas station and, and tried to put gas in a fucking trash can there'd be some old dude saying hey what the fuck are you doing what is dude, wrong with you are you a fucking moron dude we're in a fucking you know. country that just allowed everyone to to unmask or demask or whatever fucking term you want to use right. only after 50 percent of vaccines yeah you know um yeah yeah you know it's um I, honestly, it's just ridiculous overall. And it is ridiculous. You know, the mask mandate has been uh, dropped. Yeah, you know, just the, the whole political situation in general is ridiculous. Yeah. But well, anyway, we, anyway. We, yeah, you know, the, the whole mask issue has definitely been, uh, for those of you that, you know, in case you've been living under a rock, you know, the mask mandate uh, here in the United States, the CDC has now said 
that you can not you can go out and not wear a mask if you have been vaccinated. I've been fully vaccinated. There's no way to tell who's how, been vaccinated. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing. Okay, so you, we both are vaccinated. Right, but how are you going to know? How do you know if anyone else is vaccinated? Yeah. So the thing is, and you can still get sick from COVID-19. Well, yeah, it's just like the flu. Just because you just got the flu shot and you know, it's been in your system for a week or, right. or however We just long. now know we won't die from it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... It, it, that's that's I mean that's not as quickly yeah. I, you can still uh-huh. die from yeah. it you can still yeah. die from the flu or the common cold and that's oh, yeah. that's the biggest misconception is that people think that as soon as you get vaccinated that you're immune to it uh, and, no and the, it's the, even though it's called an immunization you're not immune to it after getting it, it you're still very vulnerable you're just not as vulnerable it's hey, hey listen you know listen if you guys Guys, go get your vaccinations. There's one available. Go get your vaccination. If you can get a vaccination, get a vaccination. Enough with all the the, the silliness. Get a vaccination. I'm vaccinated. Uh, Crash is vaccinated. Yep. Uh, everybody that I know is vaccinated. Uh, and so go get vaccinated. Please go get vaccinated. All right, so let's move on. Hey, so folks, listen, there is life after COVID-19, and it starts with you getting vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're still alive to do the show, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. We suck. You know, it sucks, man. You know, there's so many people uh, surrounding us, you know, have passed because of uh, COVID or a related illness due to it. It's reached far and wide. It touched us personally with uh, Dave passing in January. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally touched us. Uh, And so uh, it was tough. It's tough, and so um, please, folks, go get go get vaccinated. Uh, that's that's what you need to uh, you know do. Um, what else is going on, man? I tell you what, there's this you know this ransomware is everywhere. You know everything from uh, you know St. Luke's Healthcare in New York. Yeah, and it, you know what's funny is that it's literally the same stuff that's been around for years since, yeah, really well, years. Yeah, and you know it's it's just it, it touches. I'm gonna bounce around for a second or here, but you know, sure, the, the city of Chicago has been uh, held with ransomware. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine days out, you know, Scripps Scripps Health, uh, which is uh, like a chain. You know, all hospital chains now are like uh, fast food, right? You know, it's Wendy's, McDonald's. And um, so Scripps Health, which is a fast food restaurant, I mean, uh, hospital chain out west, actually uh, has still been uh, under the influence of a, a severe ransomware. I say severe, whatever. It's a, so it's a ransomware attack, and it has affected people, right, from mm-hmm. patients to et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, you know, it's, um, my goodness, it just continues on. And, and on top of that, right, you know, during the, the whole... You know, I want to jump back for a second to the Colonial Pipeline thing, right? You know, yeah. these these guys, you know, this is a billion dollar, this is a billion with a B, blah, blah, pipeline, and their cybersecurity was like shit. Right? Well, hang on, like I, got a, I, got, I got a question real quick. How long has the legacy Windows kernel been around? Uh, I don't know. Windows. Windows. Windows, like dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Windows. <laughs> Windows, you know, Microsoft like Windows, Gates, Microsoft Windows. Windows. Yeah, I don't know. How long has that been around? Longer than his marriage. Da ting. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. No. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, yeah. that's the that's the real issue here. Is uh, yeah. is Microsoft's operating system is. Op- Awful. I mean, and and I don't mean awful as in functionality or anything. I mean, just in terms of security, it's awful. I mean, they're using the same legacy API calls since, what, the 80s? I mean, shit's been around since, you know, Windows ME or earlier. Well, you know, and it's not it's not hard to take these these sort of things apart, especially when you know you're you have inside direct inside uh, access to. Uh, interesting things like the Windows kernel, which right. which are you know stolen by these na- you know these these nation states, yeah. these these and and some aren't uh, backed by nation states. So you know, like for instance, the the whole Colonial Pipeline thing was brought to you by 
a group of, of cyber terrorists group called, of ding-dongs. called the dark net or dark side hackers or whatever the hell. You know, listen, you know, tomorrow and, you know, if you really ask me, right, if you really ask me, it's just one guy, maybe two guys developing this shit. Oh, it's probably and, just some C sharp source code that they picked up off yeah. of hack forms and rewrote a little bit. I mean, that's that's and typically what I see around the net, and even with the more advanced I would, people. I wouldn't be surprised if there's. <laughs> I would be surprised if they're actually security researchers. I pub, doubt pub, it. Yeah, it's it's no. I, no, you don't think so. I don't think so. I, I mean, I wouldn't it, be surprised. Honestly, these days, for really? even even for a company that large, it's it doesn't take that much to to pull off an attack like that. I mean, it, it wasn't even that sophisticated of an attack. No, I mean. The people behind the ransomware oh yeah. yeah well i mean you know the people like these dark side hackers and all of that what about them you know, well you know i wouldn't be surprised if it's like a, you know like a security researcher out there well that's what i'm saying you know, like these these dark net hackers yeah I, you know i think i think the the rise in ransomware you know because you know if you if you really take some common sense you know everybody everybody's got their head in the fucking weeds and everybody's charging into the battle right you know right. or they're on their horses with their microphones and they're <laughs> They're tweeting 20,000 things a day on how cool they are in cybersecurity and how right, elite right. they are with this, that, and right. how many talks they've given and all this bullshit. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody's really solving problems. But if you take a look back, right, if you take a common sense approach and take a step back and look at the pattern of attacks and how they've, they've been sequencing over the years, mm -hmm. right, you'll see uh, along with the rise in cybersecurity professionals, you'll see uh, a significant rise in cybersecurity attacks. And that, that's no, you know, that's no, that's, that's no coincidence. That's, that's because cybersecurity hasn't been, it's been stagnant for the past, I don't know, yeah. fucking yeah, 50 been, decades, know, some you, shit. And so, you know, touching on what you say, you know, like, no, I'm not saying all cybersecurity not researchers all of it, are, are criminals, but I guarantee you there are a lot of cybersecurity researchers out there double dipping. Yeah, but I don't think that, that those dudes or people, guy, whomever it was, I don't think it was really a cybersecurity researcher. And even if it was, who cares? Because it's so easy these days to go it and is. just get some I mean, it doesn't crypto. take any special skills to do what these guys are doing. It, you know how easy it is to actually write? crypto cryptoware ransomware whatever it's literally yeah. just a you know you, you chuck in a, a crypto api in your code encrypt all of the shit and then that's about it yeah i mean you know, it really doesn't take you, you don't need to be exceptionally smart to create ransomware no it, it's actually the easiest type of malware to create uh, you know and the hardest part about any kind of malware really is the delivery <coughs> bless you well thank you yeah I just got a piece of mail in the mail. Oh, right on. Oh, uh, you know, listen, this ransomware thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's preposterous that people can't get it under control. You know, I see these things. That's because no one wants to get it under control. I yeah, mean, it, I see these things, man, and, you know, I get offered, you know, like like last week, right? We got offered a couple million dollars to come and help in and solve some problems, and we turned them down, right? Because right. why? Because we told them earlier, and what was it, when we met with them several months earlier, that, hey, listen, you know, we told you, you know, and, and so when you, you, you know, this, this, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not the fact that cybercrime is becoming more prevalent. It's just that people are becoming more adept. F well, not only that, but their focus is in the wrong area. Right now, people are too focused on like shit like firewalls, seams, and sores, and you know, really stupid shit that really it, it has an effect. You're not solving problems. It's not solving problems. It's not getting at what the real underlying issue is. Which, yeah, it, to be all, exactly. to be honest, it is. It's, it's something called lateral movement, yeah. and, and that's the biggest issue right now in any co corporate network is lateral movement. I mean, that's right. You, you can have as many seams, sores, antivirus, this, that, and the other, but. I mean, if I infect one of your users and, and log into your network as that user in a legitimate way, how are you going to ever know? Mm. So, I mean, unless you have some sort of system to, to counteract that, which 95% of all corporations do not have, right. then it's, it's easy to get into a corporate network at that point. You know, and, and everybody wants a dashboard, right? Everybody needs oh, a God. dashboard for this. I want a dashboard for this. So tired of seeing them. You know, and <laughs> there's... You know, it's another get, reason why they're getting hacked. Freaking dashboard fatigue, man. Yeah, man. Hey, know. man, every time you build a dashboard, you're giving a, a hacker a way in because you have user input, which can be manipulated. 
Wow. And most corporations that build web apps with logins like that don't sanitize their inputs. Not only user input, but data input. E- exactly. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch those APIs, folks. Yeah, for real, though. Hey, let's move on, man. There's all kinds of other funky-ass things that happen. And, you know, the, the, Washing, the, 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 the Washington... Or, fuck that. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Hey, you know, people in India are dying at, at an unfortunate and unprecedented rate due to COVID infections out yep. there. Yeah. And that's pretty disturbing to see, man, because, you know, uh, both you and I have a special interest in India and how we mm-hmm. donate our time and money right. uh, to orphans and uh, various causes in in, 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 in India. Yep. And so, um, folks, you know, uh, India is in, in a lot of trouble right now with COVID-19. You know, while uh, at the beginning of the show, we spoke about vaccinations and how easy it is to literally walk up to any grocery store or bodega uh, here in the country and, and, and score a vaccine. Uh, those in uh, unfortunate areas uh, in most hard hit areas in countries such as India, which is one of the world's largest democracy, yeah. you know, uh, is actually, um, you know, in a lot of trouble with uh, vaccination supplies and help. So uh, we'll find out what you can do to help people in India uh, and, and get you know get life back to normal for them, just like it's back, get coming back to normal for us. Yeah, I think that should be one of our biggest concerns right now is helping those uh, less fortunate than us and who need the help. And so, um, and, and I, you know, in like we like we've chosen to do is is help those uh, in India as well as those uh, locally. Uh, but mo- uh, you know, in, India India just has a special place for me, and so that's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. What's going on? Uh, you know, and so I don't know. It's it started. I think summer is just around the corner. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, in certain areas of the country, at least here, uh, it's still pretty damn cold. I tell you, I tell you what. Hey, man, check this out. Um, you know, I do want to. I want. I want to share a little bit. Of, we're we're going to take the time machine back a little bit here, uh, in, here in a little bit, uh, and. Uh, but before I do that, you know, a few things before we do that. Uh, first of all, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, everybody uh, on the Twitters there. Uh, all of the, all of the unique personalities that I've been chatting with on Twitter. Uh, you know, I took a. I took a about a four week. I take about a month off of Twitter. I think, or close to it. I'm not sure. But you know, you you get you get to where you're talking to people on the on the the Twitters, right? And it things you know the social media things become kind kind of overwhelming. And uh, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I know you're not on you're not on social media, man. But you know, I um. You know, I like to talk to people, right? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, and the people that I've met on there have been uh, pretty fascinating. So, uh, so I took a break from that, and then um, you know, then we uh, a few key things have have you know, like I try, you know, for I, I think I was able to really disconnect from everything for a while, but uh, coming back, you know, coming back from a, a, a you know a disconnection, you know, is kind of interesting and seeing the things that you know, seeing the things uh going on here. So <laughs> So, I don't know, man. Um yeah. It's it's been uh it's been an interesting um it's been an interesting and relaxing uh time away, but uh you know, you come back and you see, you know, when you come back online, you see, you know, people lined up for gas and you're like, oh God, what's, what's going on? That's that old world shit, man. That's, that's why I was bitching earlier about it. And you know, there's no reason for any of that. I yeah. mean, it, it's crazy, you know, at, at the very least, we should be using biofuels powered by hemp or something, which if anybody didn't know, we used to be a real big uh, proponent in growing hemp in the fifties and before. Hemp is a thing. Hey, listen to this. Check this out. You want to hear something cool? Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, these these days, if you're arrested and charged with a crime, the first thing a cop will do is likely, you know, looking for the for the shit on your phone, right? Like, you know, like. 
like if you're out and you know you're just being a you know doing whatever you know a cop can ask you to look at the shit on your phone i think that's bullshit i'm pretty sure that's essentially the same as searching your car which i believe they do not have the right to do so hey listen check it out listen don't don't be despaired there's an app out there called lock up the app is the work of a guy named matt bergen he's a senior researcher with a a security firm core logic k-o-r-e k-o-r-e-l-o-g-i-c core logic that's kind of cool core logic with a k who spent the last couple of years studying Celebrite's products. Bergen debuted his creation uh, last week at Black Hat Asia, where he, this, this uh, is an idea to basically where, um, <clears throat> you know, if, you're, if the cops uh, try to break into your Android-powered device, it will actually um, it will, uh, reset your phone. It will scramble the data. It will um, make everything unusable. How many years did it take to research that? I don't know. Guys had a couple of years. That's well. <laughs> should we say? Hey, if you got a problem with me saying, just go look it up in the dictionary. All right, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It, hey, you know, it listen. means stunted growth. Is that what it means? Yeah, and, and to be honest, if it took multiple years to create some shit like that, then that's that's pretty fucking sad. Sorry to be a downer, but I mean, I could make that in five minutes. I guess it's cool. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just, yeah, man. I, I you know, um, uh, I know, I'm, I'm a grumpster this week. You but, were grumpy, man. Yeah. Wow, you're so grumpy. Hey, listen, a Miami man recently got six years in prison for what? Take a guess. Uh, I don't know. Streaking nude. Dude. No, close to it. You know, he got six years in prison after buying a Lamborghini with $4 million of uh, COVID aid. A South Florida man has been sentenced to six years in prison after fraudulently obtaining nearly $4 million in federal loans meant for small businesses impacted by the coronavirus pandemic and spending it on a personal expenses, including a Lamborghini. David Tyler Hines, 29, of Miami, was sentenced Wednesday after pleading guilty back in February to one count of wire fraud related to the scheme. Uh, Authorities uh, said that Hines requested approximately $13.5 million in Paycheck Protection Program loans using false and fraudulent IRS forms early last year. He successfully secured $3.9 million from the federal government, and within a few days, he began blowing the money on personal expenses, including, on anything, a 2020 Lamborghini Huracan for $318,000. This guy didn't stop there. Hey, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. It, it, It keeps going. The money also went to dating websites, jewelry, and stays at a local at a local resort, right? Because he couldn't ball anywhere else. Two payments totaling through thirty grand were also doc uh, documented as going to mom. You know, at least the guy was kind of nice. He gave mom a few grand. The sports car and three point million dollars were ultimately seized following an investigation into the scam. Heinz Lamborghini purchase was discovered by investigators after he was involved in a hit and run accident involving his the vehicle back in July. The Lamborghini was linked back uh, to Heinz and impounded by Miami Dade, uh, and and that's how they begin their reverse uh, investigation. You know, because it's you know it's a fucking Lamborghini, right? You know, it's a hit and run. They, it's, uh, it's crazy. There's a story connected to that too. You know, it's crazy. You know, these PPP loan uh, scams, right? You know, it's it's just more people taking you know taking advantage of the system that uh you know that's uh it was really rushed out recklessly i think there could have been a uh, much more um sounds like every other fucking system oh okay yeah. hey you know yeah you're right you know i i agree with you on those kernel attacks all right lastly yeah, lastly before we take everybody for a time uh it's a time back a, a yeah. real big time listen you want to hear something cool when when I when I was a kid, man, I used to I used to uh, because it was a nerd thing, right? You know, I I would look at somebody and say, "Hey, have you played the new Donkey Kong watches?" No, and they would go like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and you'd be like, "Oh man, you're full of shit," because they never even made them. And 
I thought they did make a Donkey Kong watcher. Ultimately, they did. They did after a while. Back in the eighties, there weren't there were no Donkey Kong watches. Didn't they do something like Pac Man or something? There was there was a Pac Man watch. That's what I thought. See, there was never a Donkey Kong watch. Ah. See, that was that was the that That was was the the trick. trick. That was the trick question. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) catching them in a lie. Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of like a lesser form of social engineering in a way. It was man. You had to learn how to social engineer in person, man. You know, back in the day, you know, all you had was a telephone. Yeah, (laughs) or in person. Yeah, I think it was more fun to do it in person back then. I love social engineering in person. And, you know, it's funny. You know, speaking of social engineering, I wanted to thank uh, one of our friends who uh, who owns a uh, owns a chain of banks. He uh, he challenged me. You know what was funny is uh, he challenged me uh, last weekend uh, over dinner. Right? And he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, you can't uh, you can't break into my IT department, right?" And so I'm like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And you know. So I told him I'd swing by his office after work, right? One of his bank branches after work. And yeah. It only took, literally, man, it only took me about three minutes to get uh, through his branches, defenses, and get on his land. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, he, he took me to a great steak dinner, man, uh, which right was on. a real great place. I'll, I'll mention it in a show. Yeah. Lastly, though, getting off track there, tell you what, besides the Donkey Kong watches, <laughs> Here's something cool. It's called a D Author Watch, uh, and it's by a guy named Travis Lynn. And it's it's the fin- the it, and it's it's really something that's really really cool. It's something that's designed to let you operate the. Uh, <sighs> let me tell you something. <sighs> let me tell you what this thing is. What this thing is is you can crack Wi-Fi networks with a wristwatch. Check it out. Oh, it's got Airmon and Aircrack and all that shit in, installed already, huh? On a watch. Wow. About time. Is that not cool or what? About Folks, time. Folks, listen, you could literally walk around now and scan Wi-Fi networks, scan for Target. Look at that, dude. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, I see it. Is that fucking cool or what? Yeah. Sorry for the F-bombs, folks. Yeah. Yeah, maybe can you maybe you should beep it those out. Uh, n- no. Yeah. Okay. No. So. This is a raw show tonight. Yeah, we're a little raw tonight, man. Yeah. Hey, so uh, that is super cool. So you have the ability to walk around with a wristwatch. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. It, it does look like a, a nerd watch, but still, you can walk around and scan Wi-Fi networks with a wristwatch. What do you think about that? Yeah, is that cool? I mean, I mean, yeah, geez. it's cool. I'm gonna be Debbie Downey here and be like, "Well, I was doing that. T- I was doing that a decade ago on my phone." Well, of course you were. So I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying it's really neat to have that I mean, ability on your wristwatch. Now. I mean, yeah, I mean that's cool. But I, I was seeing people do that, you know, again a decade ago on their own custom DIY stuff. You know, I'm just saying. Just it's kind of like you know Apple stealing homebrew community features and then implementing them themselves and saying that they're brand new features even though they they were around for like fifteen years. Apple and Windows stole the interface. Yeah, so yeah. you know again they didn't even know what the fuck they were doing until they went over to Xerox Park. Oh yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, listen, that's in a whole other story. Um, let's take speaking of that. Let's take a time trip back to the forties and let's listen to some of uh, let's listen to some ways of how it used to be done. And we'll be back after this, and uh, we'll we'll come back, and uh, we've got a few more things to say, and we'll get out of here. Some of man's victories over the many-mooded sea loom large in history. One of the most memorable of those victories is the newest. It is a tie that binds the old world to the new closer than ever before. The Undersea Telephone Cable Project, linking the United States to the continent. The project was planned to provide 36 or more interference-free telephone circuits direct to Europe. Conversations would travel between New York and Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia by radio relay. Across Cabot Strait and Newfoundland by a single two-way cable. And from Clarenville, Newfoundland, by twin deep sea cables, one carrying voices in each direction, to Penmark on the coast of France. From Penmark, land cables would run by alternate routes to Paris and on to Frankfurt in West Germany. Also from Paris, special circuits would fan out to make direct connection from the cable with Belgium, the Netherlands, 
Switzerland and Italy. Representing a truly international cooperative effort, the cable project grew out of a contract of agreement for joint ownership and operation. In Paris, it was signed on behalf of the French government at the French Ministry of Posts, Telegraphs and Telephones. In Bonn, it was signed for the Federal Republic of Germany at the Ministry for Posts and Telecommunications. And in the United States, the signatories were the American Telephone and Telegraph Company and its subsidiary, the Eastern Telephone and Telegraph Company, which is responsible for the facilities which pass through Canada. Before the actual laying of the deep sea cable began, there was work to be done on both sides of the Atlantic. In Newfoundland, there was the rugged task of trenching heavy land cable over the rough terrain. Dragging cable ends up northern beaches called for dauntless battles against the wind and cold. In the shore station at Clarenville, the needed installations were made to handle the volume of calls the cable to the continent would carry. Meanwhile, across the Atlantic, preparations had also been going forward. The area of France, which includes the town of Penmark, is among the most interesting in all of France. The traditional dress of the area is as picturesque as it is colorful. And what better time for the members of the older generation or the younger to look their best than on a Palm Sunday such as this, whether for a gathering after church or for a stroll along the quay. It was here at Penmark that the French built the eastern terminal for the cable and the technical personnel from the French ministry worked with men from AT&T at the problems of installation and pre-testing of the terminal equipment. One proud local citizen points out the cable's route from shore to sea. And another demonstrates just where the actual cable ends have been laid down along the beach and on westward across the bay toward the Atlantic. Out from Penmark, the French cable ship Ampere laid the eastern shore ends of the cable, out to a point in the Atlantic from which the deep sea lay would later begin. Since nearly 5,000 miles of cable were to be laid in a single summer, arrangements were made for the facilities of four different cable plants in four different countries to cooperate on the project. At Calais in France, the work was done at the plant of Le Cable de Lyon. Here, French workmen, long experienced in cable manufacture of every kind, lent their know-how to production of hundreds of miles of cable for the project. In West Germany, in the town of Nordenham, the plant of Norddeutsche Seekabelwerke produced additional hundreds of miles of the cable, every foot of it a further tribute to the manufacturing prowess for which German craftsmen have long been noted. At Erith, near London, on the River Thames, the factory of Submarine Cables Limited was responsible for another large portion of the total that was required. And in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in the United States, work was done on both cable production and the armoring of the undersea repeaters for the project. Here was a dramatic example of international cooperation at work. For whether it was a French worker at the Calais factory who checked the thickness of the polyethylene covering around the cable core, or the American in Portsmouth. Whether British workers at Erith operated the huge cabling machines, or West Germans at Nordenham, the basic specifications were the same, and the finished product identical by the most exacting of standards. Wherever the cable itself was made, a flexible repeater had to be spliced in every 38 miles 
it is these amplifiers which make it possible for the single cable to carry at least 36 conversations at the same time. Western Electric's plant at Hillside, New Jersey produced the 114 repeaters which this cable system would require. Virtual miracles of research and development, each of the repeaters contains three powerful vacuum tubes and some 60 other complicated electrical components engineered into a series of plastic tubes so sealed and armored that the repeater in effect becomes part of the cable itself. Early March of 59 saw the first of those repeaters being paid out from the cable ship Monarch as the deep water operations got underway. Since even the largest cable ship afloat could not carry enough cable to cross the Atlantic in one run, the engineers of the Long Lines Department of the American Telephone and Telegraph Company, who were in charge of the project, had to work out a pattern for operation as precise and as complicated as a square dance. Her first full load of cable was to carry the Monarch to Mid-Atlantic. There she was to buoy off the end, return to Erith and Nordenham for more cable, go back, pick up the cable end, and finish the westward run. A trip to Portsmouth to reload, back to Clarenville, and the Monarch would lay the return cable out to a mid-Atlantic rendezvous with the ocean layer, which had come out from Calais to meet her. The ocean layer would then splice her cable on, continue laying eastward for 900 miles, buoy off, return to Europe for a final load of cable, go back to pick up again, and lay the last leg of cable onto Penmark. That was the original plan. But before the summer was over, the planners were to remember the words of Bobby Burns. The best laid plans of mice and men gang oft a glay. Yes, and the best laid cables too. The beginning couldn't have been more promising. Exactly on schedule, the Monarch completed her first run and buoyed off the cable end. Ten days later, she was at Nordenham, loading German-made cable to be joined with the British-made cable already at the bottom of the sea. The loading completed, the Monarch said farewell to Nordenham and sailed down the River Weser, back toward the open sea. Mid-June found the immediate task of finishing the east-west run proceeding perfectly. On westward from mid-Atlantic, the cable moving out steadily at six knots. On course, on schedule, and all's well. And then, icebergs. Whole fields of ice down from the Arctic. The biggest invasion in years of the white deceivers all cable men respect and fear. A single moving berg itself can cut a cable as it would a thread of silk. For the monarch, the first change in that carefully made plan. To allow time for the ice to disperse and clear the way, it was decided to cut cable and buoy off there. The monarch then sailed direct to Portsmouth to reload. Then to Clarenville to start the eastward run, out to the point opposite where the western run had stopped. Buoying there, she picked up the western run again, completing it to Clarenville, then returned, picked up the west-east run once more, and on to her mid-Atlantic rendezvous with the ocean layer. So it was that mid-June found the ocean layer, having taken over the task from the monarch, heading eastward virtually on schedule on the next to last of the cable runs. Once again, all seemed going supremely well. The distant coast of France and Journey's End was becoming less distant hour by hour. 
Of the 917 miles of this run, all but 33 had been paid out by June 15th. And then... Fire at sea. Officers, crew, telephone personnel, all ordered to abandon ship, all picked up safely by a West German vessel, the Flavia. Nearly two weeks later, under tow, the burned-out shell of the ocean layer was to enter Falmouth Harbor, a far different ending to her voyage than had been expected. Again, it meant a change in the plan of the cable project. The Monarch's schedule was quickly rearranged. She it was who went to take aboard the final load of cable. Returning to the carefully charted spot in the Atlantic where the ocean layer had cut the cable free in her hour of peril, the Monarch grappled for it on the ocean floor and luckily brought it up on the first try. Splicing on, the Monarch sailed on to complete the deep sea portion of the submarine cable to France within but a few days of the originally scheduled date. So it was, the job was done. A job of many hands at many tasks. And now, other hands take over. The hands of the operators on overseas switchboards in France, West Germany, and the United States, who will handle the millions of calls which the new cable will flash to those boards through ocean depths at speed of light. Those calls should do much to bring many nations closer together, both politically and economically, and contribute significantly to the defense needs of the free world. Or though the calls through the cable will be from many nations in many tongues, the cable itself speaks a single language to all. That is the language of friendship and cooperation between the men and women of France, West Germany, England, and the United States, who conceived and brought to completion the cable to the continent, man's newest memorable victory over distance and the sea. Hey folks, that's kind of it. That uh, wraps that up. Uh, you know, we, you know, uh, you know, it's been a while since we got in the old uh, Hacker Time capsule and went back to uh, yesteryear. And I always like, uh, always like taking a trip back to yesteryear. You know, one of the things that are interesting, folks, as things start to uh, ramp up, is that uh, on the old uh, Twitters, people have been asking me, "Hey, you know, Gummo, are you and Crash going to DefCon this year?" and so far, I'm not going to DefCon ever. Just so you know, everyone that ever wants to know, I'm never going know. to DefCon. I'm going to have to, you know, we, I, we're probably going to go. I'm not going. We you go. can go. We should go. I don't want to. We go. need to go. I have nothing against so, DefCon. It's just not my. It's just I not my go. type. Of I event. want to go, and you don't want to go. Well, yeah. Well, I don't want to well, go. I'm not going if you don't go. Well, <sighs> Okay, fine. So All that's right, where I'm we're going, at. Folks. I, I guess I'm going. Then. Are you going? I mean, if you're going, I gotta go. Then I've got to go. Uh, I want to go. I want to get out of the house. I mean, there's girls there. So. There are girls there. <laughs> there are plenty of girls there. <laughs> girls, you know, crash is single. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, heads up there. You know, so we are thinking about heading out there to DefCon uh, this year. We may just mull around and look kind of a uh, you know just kind of look suspicious walking around. Yeah, I'm not going to wear a cape. Yeah, don't wear a cape. <laughs> you remember that when we went to Hope in 2010? That's why a... I'm bringing it up. I honestly still can't believe that I saw <laughs> I, that we saw those dudes running around with capes wearing and masks. Capes. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it, they wear I, capes. It was like a mixture of daft punk some sort of king richard story it was was, conferences get weird man it was weird you know i remember when i went to defcon back in the the mid 90s man it was like well no 96 95 96 (laughs) it was one of the first ones and everybody sat at tables and shit it was really kind of goofy man it was was like a bunch of fucking nerds but i love it because it's you know these hacker conferences specifically they're the least political 
events yeah, that I can find. Cool. I yeah. mean, there there is a little bit of politics depending on the a talk. A little bit of politics, depending on the talk. Depending on the talk. But overall, I find that it's the, it's it's the best time to be able to go out and speak freely. And, it is, know, and, and, and it not is. be held down by society standards. You know, this, that, and the other. I, you know, listen. I what? think what we should do is we should jump in the hacker mobile and drive out west when uh, when DefCon comes. If okay, we're if, closer to DefCon here in Florida than we are from Chicago. If we do that i would like and, and I, I don't want to take a plane this time no no I remember was gonna, last time we went to defcom <laughs> we had to take a plane and we were only there over uh, overnight we only had dinner and got back on the plane left. that's why i don't want to go back to be honest it has nothing to do with the conference it's just a lack of time but yeah, you know it's, well, it's i think that if we do go yeah. it'd be cool to make a little hacker space a hacker space the, the hackers hacker space our own hacker space. our own hacker space at defcon yeah that'd so be cool. do, should we rent out a floor in a hotel or something we, like you know if we're gonna if we're gonna do that we might as well well if we're gonna go to defcon well i you know listen if we're gonna rent out a floor in a hotel you know maybe we ought to just you know i don't know man maybe we'll think about it we'll think about it you know because then i become responsible for all that (laughs) shit well i mean it's a hacker space you're not selling anything it's not a vendor or maker space still uh, you know that shit's my responsibility well you know you have some responsibility figure it out anybody out there an event organizer (laughs) yeah see there you go you know get some we need to get somebody we need to get an event organizer to uh, organize an event for hackers hacker space preferably someone that's been doing it for a while at the defcon yeah. where is defcon this year it's usually in vegas <laughs> i guess we'll just have to find out i don't know what hotel specifically it's yeah, at that's cool know. man we, we need to get out there really you know i tell you what we need to really just pack up pack a cooler in the fishing poles is there fishing spots out there man we can fish along the way we can oh, yeah. stop in alabama mississippi louisiana mm. texas true and we can fish Okay. Just, you know, pull off to a nice little fishing spot, you know, along the way. And yeah. then we, we can catch our own food. Huh. Right? Yeah. Renewable. Yeah. Renewable. Renewable. Sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to say, uh, folks, thank you uh, for all of your lovely comments, questions, and concerns. Uh, some of your emails that you've been sending uh, have been quite uh, eye-opening. And, you know, I think we need to reach into the mailbag and, and uh, share some of these emails. <laughs> Yeah. that we've been getting in the uh, the old inbox there. It's been uh, quite interesting. And, uh, you know, and I, I've said it before, you know, I had to actually tweet it out. You know, one of the things that people, you know, ultimately found out was, you know, the, the, the whole Bitcoin thing, right? And so, yeah, I literally had to send out a tweet saying, listen, folks, I cannot <laughs> offer financial advice. You know, I can't tell you what coin to use. You know, the, oh, because speaking of which, because, all right, so I'm going to say the favorite name, but, Elon Musk, right, yeah. was on Saturday Night Live uh, a week or so ago, and it caused all sorts of stir with cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, and, no shit. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's really, you know, for, folks, this, the, you know, the guy is kind of unhinged, really. You know, he's, I told he's, you. he's famous beyond his wildest imaginations. Every little thing he says, right, markets hinge on, on his comments. And I think that's very dangerous for uh, any type of assets or markets to really hinge on the, the things or, or the musings of someone who is amused, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and so be cautious in that retrospect. So one of the things that, that, that you know, and listen, I'm not here to judge. I really don't give a shit about Elon Musk or, uh, but... Or what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I think what he's doing is kind of cool. But yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, the guy, the the guy who sits here and says, "Hey, you know, he's, he's a, in one month, right? You know, this guy has a a billion dollar car company. You know, billions and billions of dollars. And like, hey, you know, well, we'll take Bitcoin, you know, for our Tesla cars. Yeah. And then a month later, you know, after pumping up a a, a cryptocurrency that was, you know, essentially a joke. To and him. To him, right? And and so people have invested their lives into this, into something that he's found amusing. And yeah. so people have lost millions of dollars because of his sheer amusement. And so I don't find that amusing that he blamed, now he blames the fact that he won't accept cryptocurrency or Bitcoin <laughs> for his cars 
because based on the fact that they consume too much of uh, too much energy, that's yeah. kind of listen. That's kind of a little condescending, considering the fact that he's blasting rockets every other day up, which consume a far much more amount of energy to mine resource and put in in those damn rockets than anything else. Well, let me finish. Uh, Hang uh, on. Sure. And not only that. But the, the carbon footprint that his companies do leave behind when it comes to manufacturing the rubber for the tires, yep. the, the extraction of lithium for his cars, yep. and the, the raw materials, which are derived of oil, yep. really don't impress me with his his overall ecological uh, narrative when it comes to protecting the earth. So. Yeah. That you know that it seems like more or less the guy is grifting people. Oh and, yeah, and, and I you agree. know, I, and again, I'm not a, I'm not here to judge anyone, but if you just kind of look at shit, you know, the guy's kind of just grifting shit, and you should be exceptionally cautious of things that you you find. Uh, associated with value in relation to the things that he's saying. Well, and yeah. that's all. I mean, it, the guy the guy probably is a, a marvelous engineer. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, if, if that's the case, wonderful. You know, and if his products are amazing, great. But I don't think that he's really, I really don't think that he stands on any platform to direct the narrative of humanity. Not at all. And uh, and and Not there the there are those that can challenge him quite equally, uh, and, and with much more impressive demeanor and skill oh, yeah. than uh, any ever before. And so, and those people um, aren't sitting on Twitter talking shit all the time. No, they're not. No, so. So and I'll, show, I'll I'll slow down as well because I you know it, it's kind of like folks be careful you know listen there's more to life than just some 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 random person who owns a company on on a social media platform yeah. really roll your mind outside of the digital ecosystems yes you you know and think about I mean for for the love of God man disconnect and go outside yeah. go to the beach get on a I mean you don't have to you don't have to surf but go to the beach go fishing go do whatever you you need to do to unplug but the, I mean for the love of God for the love of God man I mean I see people listen man I've, I've read I've read interesting information about people that have lost their entire fortunes based on what this guy has been speaking about over the past several months. And it's, it's because absolutely distressing yeah, to me. People don't think for themselves anymore. Uh, there, there's so oh many people that are plugged into this matrix. You know, I hate to yeah. say that or, but I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. It's true. I mean, we've, as a planet, we've created this type of technological matrix that we literally all connect to on a global scale and hang uh -huh. on people's every word now. I mean, I honestly can't say it any better than what you just said about about dude. I mean, yeah. and he's drag. In my personal opinion, is that he's dragging Tesla's name through the dirt. You know, especially considering what all of Tesla did in his lifetime. Yeah, but that's well, getting off topic yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, that and so in comparison to the ecological disasters that yeah, well, his company causes. Well, currently. that's what I'm saying is is the fact that that he's his company's name is Tesla, but his creations or yeah, all yeah. all of his yeah. products are, are ecologically terrible compared to the actual Tesla, whom was very eco-friendly and, and was actually trying to save the planet compared to uh, Musk's fucking super mega factories or whatever the fuck the, the dudes got. So, I mean, again, I, I couldn't sum it up any better than than how you've already done it I, yeah. I mean it's just it's laughable how people actually think that those kinds of cars are, are environmentally <laughs> friendly because they run off of gasoline or oil you're just not seeing the oil and gasoline flow in oh, your yeah, car you put oil inside of those in well, well yeah. yeah you can get the hybrid you can, you can get the hybrids but I'm talking about the oil and gasoline that it takes to actually produce the electricity that goes into the <laughs> yeah, car yeah people don't coal, coal power plants. Coal power plants that power the electricity that goes into those cars. People, they're not electrical powered. They're yeah. actually coal powered. Yeah, so they're uh, they're coal they're, powered. They're still powered cars. by fossil fuels. Yeah. Yep. And so, folks, that you don't need any more. You don't need it broken down any more than that. And we're going to leave you with that thought. You know, we've been here uh, about an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute, man. Wow, and it's sure good to be back. Yeah, I t hey man, I told you it's a raw show tonight. It is a raw show. We we sure, certainly uh, brought brought it to that example. And, yeah, and man. for sure. 
And I wanted, to, and seriously, I wanted to thank everybody, including you. Uh, we, we've got a, we've had some offers from uh, the, the internet. We've re, uh, received some communications from the internet. Wanted to say hi to uh, uh, a few people out there who have just really uh, gone above and beyond uh, and went to, um, you know, there's been a few things that I've been needing personally and uh, out there for the uh, hackers whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so thanks for that. Uh, oh, uh, we did get the new website for the news. We got the new website for the, we just had something new, right? And then it fell through with a web host called Gandhi. And uh, it's just a whole big fucking bombshell. And so yeah, uh, we're going to fix that. It's, uh, soon we're going to get that fixed. Now that we're back here at the beach house after yeah. the incident. <laughs> yeah. The project. The project. Yeah. I mean, literally, go watch that movie. Pro- what is it called? Project X. Project X. It, yeah. Just watch Project X and then think about us on uh, show 165. Yeah. Scale it a couple times up. <laughs> yeah, like 20 times. <laughs> and uh, that's where we were at. So sorry about uh, 165. There will be no 165. We will keep it in the archives. Yeah. <laughs> we will keep it in the archives. And who knows? Maybe that'll be the golden uh, the golden egg show. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, I love you all. Thank you for tuning into the show. We will. You want to come back next week and do the show? Yeah. You know, it's just, good to be back. It's just good to be back. I'll, I'll really be back is. on. You know, you're gonna have to call me down next time, though, man. Just, okay. Uh, where, are you, where are you going? You going skydiving or what? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm thinking about it actually. Really? Yeah. Skydiving, um, and then I was gonna go. Uh, we were gonna go skiing. Skiing. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know when we're going to go do that, but okay. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll break a leg, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, while you're out skiing and skydiving, uh, I will be uh, getting things ramped up here at the, uh, the beach house, getting the, uh, you know, breaking the boards off the windows, uh, you know, after <laughs> we were uh, condemned and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be seeing what uh, sort of internal damage we got. But uh, at least we don't have to worry about the sandbags. <laughs> yeah, right. Or the bullet holes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. with that said, folks, we're going to get out of here. And until next week, I love you all so very much. Please do something well. Do something good with your skills, right? Amen. For the love of God, do something good with your skills, and don't uh, don't be a, don't be a jerk. Don't 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 create more mayhem. Just be good with your skills. Do something good with your skills. Yep. Help others in need. Help someone eat tonight. Love, care, share. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. That's right. Live by the golden rule. Treat everybody how you want to be treated, and yeah, just love, love, care, yeah. and share. Loving, caring, and sharing. That's what it's all about, folks. We love you guys. You know, no matter your shape, size, color, this, that, and the other, you know, whether you like chocolate ice cream, vanilla. Does not matter. Mint chocolate chip. (laughs) We love everybody, and I love you all as well. So until next week, we're going to get out of here. All right, get out of here. Ah, I got to go. See you guys. (laughs) 